what up, what up? It's your girl, Imani Mons, and you're listening to The Real, The Raw, The Uncut. Listen, you guys, today we're going to be doing a new topic. We're going to be discussing addiction and how you can break free out of the cycle of addiction. Um, shout out to Alcoholics Anonymous. Shout out to Narcotics Anonymous because if it was not for these programs and the grace of God, I probably would not be uh, speaking to you today. I probably would not be able to sit here and give this testimony, but I want you to know that it works if you work it. So today we're going to be talking about the 12 steps. That's right. I said the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and, um, we just going to jump right into this thing. And as I read you the steps, I'm, I'm going to try to just give a little bit of background on how these things applied in my life and how I worked the steps to beat the battle of addiction and how I am in recovery today. I am recovery. All right. So. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. See, the first thing I had to do was admit that I had a problem with drugs that I had a problem with drinking, that that I had a problem. Because we oftentimes say, oh, I don't have a problem. I'ma just do a little bit. I could just do a little bit. I can quit when I wanna quit. Those are things that come to our mind. When somebody tries to tell you that you're addicted to it, that you're an addict, you, you immediately, I immediately used to, used to defend myself. I ain't no addict. How you gonna call me an addict? I ain't no addict. I ain't no addict. Then I would sit in those, in those meetings and be like, mm. everybody in the meeting was an addict but me. So step one was I had to really look myself in the mirror and say, Monty, you got a problem. You have a problem. So step one was admitting that my life had become unmanageable. Was admitting that if I had $20, 15 of it was going to the weed man and five of it was going to the rellos that I needed for the weed. Come on, y'all. Let's get real. Let's get honest. Let's get uncut. Right? Step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. When I hit rock bottom, I said something has to change. I know there has to be a better way. I know that there has to be more out there to be, for me than, than standing on this street corner, than sitting in this empty apartment smoking weed, using my Bible to roll up weed, or, you know, other drugs, pills, cocaine, all that good stuff. Let's get real. Let's get honest. So it's like, well, let me say all that bad stuff, but while you're doing it, it's good to you. Make you feel good came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I had to admit that 
I needed the help and that I had lost my mind in a downward spiral of drugs, alcohol, and prostitution. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me, but I came to save a life today. I ain't going to play with you. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. That mean I came to a point where I said, you know what, Lord, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I work, no matter where I go, what I do, I can't seem to get it right. So how about you take the will? How about you? You do for me what it is that you want to do in my life. You I handed over my life to God. I handed it over by beginning to be more active in the meetings, by beginning to listen to the people that were speaking in the meetings, because there was a reason why I was there. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, which means I began to, to probe me. I began to stop saying, it's your fault that I'm getting high. It's your fault that I chose the streets. It's your fault that I'm in this much pain. I stopped saying that and I began to look at my inner self and take inventory of all the things and all the choices that I had made. I chose to pick up and use. I chose to try that drug for the first time. I chose. I took a moral inventory of the choices that I had made. And I began to make a list of those choices that led me to the place that I was in AA. Step five, admitted to God and to ourselves and to other human beings the exact nature of our wrongs. Confess my sins. I started to confess the things that I had done wrong in life that I was trying to cover up with drugs. I started to confess the people that I had hurt that I was trying to cover up with alcohol. I started to confess those things with my mouth and get them out of me so I didn't have to mask them with drugs. I didn't have to mask them with alcohol. I didn't have to mask them with sex. I didn't have to mask them with everything but the truth. Which is what it is. It's a mask. It's, it's covering the pain with a drug, with an addiction. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all the defects of character. That, meant, that means for me, I was saying, God, clean me up because I don't want to do drugs no more. Clean me up because I don't want to have sex like that no more for money. Clean me up, God, because I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm tired of getting high. I was tired of getting high. Like, you ever been tired of getting high, but you can't figure out why you can't put the drugs down? You be tired of drinking, but you still drinking, saying, Lord, I'm so tired of getting drunk. I'm so tired of tooting powder. I'm so tired of popping pills. I'm tired. Step seven. Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them. That mean I begin to start saying, okay, I hurt my mama that time when I told her 
uh, I wish she would drop dead. Okay, I hurt my sister that time when I took her, her things and didn't return them. Okay, uh, that one time that I lied and told that person that, you know, I just began to, to make a list of every wrong that I had done to people. I began to, to, um, to, to, to just really take a look. Let me tell you something. These 12 steps is not for the faint of heart. It make you look at yourself and make you really get into a place with you to, to show you, you, to show you, you, who you are, right? So I began to make that list. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others, which means that I began to call my mom and say, mom, I'm sorry. I work these steps. I'm not, I could preach it to you because I've done it. I did it. It worked for me. I begin to call my mama and say, mama, I'm sorry for that time that I did that thing that I did. I begin to call my sisters. I begin to call my husband. I begin to call people that I had harmed. And I begin to make amends. That means I begin to make it right. I begin to take that harm and make it right. But those things that I could not make amends for, I pray to God. Those things that I knew that if I told you what I did to you behind your back, that if I told you what I did to you that day, that you would probably kill yourself. You would probably hurt yourself. You would probably try to kill me. Those things I did not bring to your attention, but I brought it to God's attention. And I said, God, forgive me for that thing that I did. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. That means if I'm arguing with you, when I get out of character and my spirit was saying, you know, you was wrong. Instead of waiting and saying, I ain't about to apologize. I would say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I took it there. Please forgive me. Please understand that God is still working on me. Please understand that I'm working these steps and um and soon I I'm not going to act like that anymore. I'm not going to lash out because I can't get high. I'm not going to lash out because I'm drunk and I'm hurting and hurt people hurt people. Please forgive me. 11. Sought through, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Which means I used to, when I first started doing these steps, I would say, God, I need to know you. Help me to know you. Help me to, to know what your will is for my life. Help me to work these steps. Help me to be a part of these steps. Because uh, uh, I sit in these groups and, and I, I don't know why they keep telling me to keep coming back. I don't know why they keep telling me keep coming back. It works if you work it. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. That means that once this God delivered me and gave me these steps, I can give them to you and say that, hey, Alcoholic Anonymous works if you are an alcoholic. Even if you don't think you are alcoholic, you can do these steps and they will work for you. Hey, NA works. If you can't put the drugs down, 
Go get around some people who couldn't put the drugs down and see how they do it because it works. It works. I am a living testimony. I was 19 the first time I stepped foot in the Alcoholics Anonymous. And I kept saying to myself, I ain't no alcoholic. I could stop drinking. I ain't no drug addict. I could stop doing drugs. I ain't nothing like y'all. And you know, they would just keep telling me, keep coming back. It works if you work it. I left rehab three times. I left rehab three times before I decided that I didn't want to use no more. That I wasn't about to keep on getting drunk to the point to where I couldn't remember anything. Let's get real. Let's get honest. It's real. It's raw. It's uncut. Alcohol addiction is real. Drug addiction is real. But there is help out there for you. I am recovery. You are looking at a recovering alcoholic. You are looking at a recovering drug addict. You are looking at somebody who said in meeting after meeting, listening to story after story, listening, saying to myself, I'll never be there until I was there. Until I was hanging on that doorknob saying, God, don't let me go back to that. Anything but that, God, I don't want to go back to the streets. I don't want to go back to tooting powder. I don't want to go back to popping a hundred pills a day. I don't want to go back to being this small. When I got to rehab, I'm talking about when I got to rehab, right? I could fit a hand towel around my waist. I had an itch. I'm talking about a, a, y'all don't hear me though, cause y'all don't want to hear the truth wake up and try to figure out where my next house is going to come from. Wake up and make a play just to get high. First play always for the drugs. First play always for the drugs because I can't do that unless I'm high. Oh, I could get real high for you and make you feel like I love you real good. I don't have to do that today. I'll come to tell you there's a better way. And if you're going to judge me by my testimony, do it. That's not going to stop me from speaking on how God changed my life through Alcoholics Anonymous. How God changed my life through Narcotics Anonymous. How I first was introduced to the 12 steps but did not use them. Yeah, I didn't use them. But guess what? God had placed them before me like I'm placing them before you. I didn't want to hear nothing that those groups were saying to me. You want to know why? Because I would never sell everything out of my house to get some drugs. I would never be like you. I'm not like you. I don't smoke crack. You, I don't smoke crack. I'm not supposed to be in this room. Oh, I don't do heroin. I don't supposed to be in this room. Oh, you do meth? Nah, I ain't supposed to do in this room. Y'all, y'all do drugs. I don't do drugs. Weed is not a drug. So why you why you donating plasma to get get high? Why you selling your PlayStation to get high? Why you robbing to get high? 
just because you don't do the drug that they do, just because you don't drink as much as they do, does not mean that you don't have a problem. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. You can't pay your bills, but you're getting high every day. You come in, you don't have no, you don't have no, no, no gas in your car, but you got a blunt in your mouth. Oh, you, you, you shifting through the ashtray to find some roaches to put in that blunt. Cause you don't have enough money to buy a whole blunt. Now you about to call the weed man and see if he'll give you a point five. Oh, you got to call everybody in your phone to see if they could come get you high today because you ain't got no money, ain't got nothing else to sell in your house. Let's get real. Oh, you ain't making no plays today. Now you got to go lay up with a man and have sex to get high. You got to act like you like him for a little bit for he could get you high enough for you could want to go home. Let's get real. Let's get real. There's a better way. There is a better way. His name is Jesus. I don't have to get high to be happy today. I don't have to get high to feel like I'm whole today. I don't have to get high to master pain. Well, how do you deal with the pain, money? How do you deal with the pain today? I deal with it. I pray about it. I ask God to reveal what's hurting me and to remove it. So I don't have to mask it with drugs, alcohol, sex, men, or anything else that is not of God. God told me start getting honest with y'all because I came to save a life. I did not come to play. I came to get real with y'all, to get raw with y'all, to get uncut with y'all. You don't have to be stiff and do your ashtray for roaches. You don't have to be standing on that street corner posting on back page list crawlers, all of that to get high. You don't have to hang around people you really don't want to be bothered with to get high. Some of y'all just got friends to get high with you really. But if you had your drugs, you would go in your room all day with your drugs and with your drink and be just fine. But the minute that your drugs and drink run out, you got to call somebody because you need more drugs and drink. It don't have to be like that. It does not have to be like that. You don't have to live like that. God is a merciful God and he has given you a way out. I stood in the meetings. Listening to people talk about how they was kidnapped and this and thrown in trunks and almost killed. Oh, that'll never happen to me till somebody had a gun in my face. You want to know why they had a gun in my face? Because they had a bottle. And me and my sister was walking and I said, they got a bottle over there, girl. They drinking. Let's go see what they drinking on. And we went over there. Didn't know them people. They didn't know us. But we called ourselves trying to be friendly. And what happened was he asked my sister, was she a man? He asked her, was she a man? And he said, they was, they was going back and forth. And, and uh, he said, I spit on you. And my sister said, and I spit back. And the next thing you know, this man had a gun in our face. All because we wanted to go see what they was drinking on. It was by the grace of God. We backed up, y'all. Ain't no telling what could have happened that day. I could have lost my life. My sister could have lost her life over a drink, over a shot. And it was probably cheap liquor at that. Oh, I'll never get kidnapped until I got kidnapped. So the man was telling me, oh, if you touch that doorknob, you're going to die. 
you ain't gonna make it out of here. You gonna be in the woods like everybody else that end up in the woods. You know what I did? I touched that doorknob and you know what happened? He yoked me up and I was in there fighting for my life because I'm gonna fight for mine. We was fighting for our life in that, in that trailer in the middle of nowhere because that man was trying to kidnap me and my sister. Hmm. Oh, I'll never sell my body for drugs. Oh, I'll never sell my body for anything till you selling your body. Till you selling your body. Let me tell you something. I don't feel bad about my story because I made it. And I'm sitting here telling you that there is a better way than that. You don't have to sell your body. You don't have to be in your house getting high, stiffing through the ashtray. You don't have to do that. God is the way. I am living proof. I used to be a street runner. A street runner. But now I am a Jesus loving, preaching, ministering. There is a better way, woman. Y'all, these steps work. And if you are somebody that you know needs to be delivered from alcohol, if you are somebody that you know needs to be delivered from drugs, introduce them to Alcoholics Anonymous. Just introduce it to them. Don't force it on them because the problem is when you force something on, on somebody, they think that you're trying to say that they have a problem. And no matter how many no matter how many people tried to tell me that I had a problem, it wasn't until that I admitted that my life had become unmanageable. I was this big. I was hungry. I couldn't figure out where my next fix was going to come from. Tired of being used and abused by the streets. Tired of figuring out, trying to figure out. It, it was like, it went from being good, it went from being a life of good, a life from, ooh, this is fun, to a life of, why does this keep happening to me? Because eventually, you're going to hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, Alcoholics Anonymous will be there. The Bible will be there. God will be there. I will be there. I'm talking about when you say you want to quit. So you throw your drugs, but now you out in the yard trying to find them. When you say you done, but you wake up in the middle of the night flipping couch cushions. And, and, and trying to figure out, I know I had a little piece here. I know I had a little piece there. I know I come to set you free. Somebody had to set me free. And I've come to set you free. So step one, we're just going to focus on step one today. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. So if you can admit 
that you are powerless over the drug that you use, that you just need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. Give me back my drugs. I used to hide my drugs and then uh, tear the whole house up looking for them because I done hid it from myself. My mama would just walk by my room and shake her head. She wouldn't even say nothing. She would just shake her head because the whole room would be destroyed. But there I am. I found my drugs in the middle of the room. I got my drugs. I got my drugs. If somebody took took your drugs right now, if you bloop out about it, where's my drug? Where's my stuff? Where, who? I know I had a half a roach in the ashtray. Oh, 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 you got a problem. You got a problem. If you got ten dollars in your pocket and you're trying to figure out how you can get the get the weed man to give you a seven dollar blunt so you can have uh, three dollars for your rellos. If you roll your blunts this big so you can have 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 weed for later, you got a problem. If you crushing your pills, <laughs> come on. It's it's getting too deep. It's getting real deep. So I'm gonna close. But listen, step one. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. If you can admit that you are powerless over the drugs that you use, over the drink that you drink, and that your life has become unmanageable, which means you'd rather have a drink than to pay your bill. That means that your phone is off, but you got drugs in your pocket. Then you are already at step one, and there is hope for you yet. Be blessed. And remember that this is your girl Imani Mons, and you are listening to the real, the raw, the uncut.